0: Welcome to Church on the Move Online, and thank you for joining us this evening, our second Wednesday of doing Faith Over Fear. And I am excited about this evening, but uh, for the the one that's going to be sharing tonight, but before I talk about that, I just want to welcome you. If you're brand new to Church on the Move, thank you for uh, dropping in and joining us tonight. I know that you're going to be blessed and that your life is going to be impacted Uh, We'd love to get to know you, and if that is you and you're brand new to Church on the Move, you've never been with us before, either online or in person, we'd love to be able to communicate with you and connect with you. And if you wouldn't mind going to our website and uh, on our homepage, there's there's a button that says communication card and filling out as much information as you're comfortable with. And what I'll do is I'll respond to you and let you know how much we appreciate you and And just let you know a little bit more about Church on the Move. And I'll pray for you over this next week. And uh, and again, thank you for being with us. And the rest of you guys, thank you. I know that you're going to be blessed this evening. I have the privilege and the honor of being able to introduce to you tonight's speaker. And uh, she's somebody dear to me. I love dearly and uh, enjoy doing life and ministry with her, uh, and I'm going to say this, uh, she is a awesome, awesome uh, woman of God that I trust uh, totally and completely, that we uh, share the word all the time with each other, and I'm not saying this just because she's my daughter-in-law, but I'm telling you. Uh, she is she is tremendous, and I'm not saying this also because she's my uh, mother or the mother to my grandchildren that I adore. But I adore my grand uh, my my daughter-in-law, and so. Uh, If you would, just prepare your hearts to receive from her this evening. I know you're going to be blessed. And uh, I I guarantee you, if you'll just uh, prepare your hearts, your life is going to be impacted. Love you guys. God bless you. I hope you guys enjoy tonight. God bless.
1: Church on the Move. I'm one of the leaders here, if you didn't know that already. A pastor has asked me to speak on a message, um, Faith Over Fear. I hope you guys have been tuning in to the messages that have already been spoken. Pastor Rusty, Pastor Marvin, they've been fantastic. And continue, we got several more weeks of this message. We're in the perfect time for a message like this, or the messages for this perfect (laughs) time. It's perfect timing. We are um, in a crazy time and we need to be reminded that faith needs to be over fear and we need to be reminded over and over again. So please continue listening and I hope you are blessed by this message. I'm gonna read one scripture real quick and then I'm gonna pray and then we'll get started, right? So Psalm 115 verse one, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy because of your truth. Father God, I just thank you so much for your mercy on us, Lord God, and your mercy on us, on all those that are listening to this message, Father, that it won't be a message of condemnation, but of mercy and of love. And thank you, Father, for your truth, Lord, that no matter, beyond the things that I'm gonna say, these people are gonna hear your words whispered to their hearts, Lord God, and hear your truth. And the eyes of their understanding are going to be enlightened, Lord God, to understand, to understand your truth, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. All right, we're actually going to stay in Psalm 115. um, It's going to basically carry throughout the whole message. So get your Bible, get to Psalm 115, and we're going to start in verse 2. Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but don't walk, nor do they mutter words through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. All right, idols are objects that represent things in the natural world. And people would build these idols or create these idols and then worship them. We know that these were actually tools of the devil, right? Tools to distract mankind from God and from his truths. How did he use these tools? He got them to be afraid of them fear he got us to fear them right? now fear is a form of worship it's when we focus on these things and then we orient our lives around them so these things these idols that they would fear would then help them make their decisions and con- in, in an essence control what they do with their life it was an orientation around these idols taking our eyes, an idol would take our eyes off of God, taking our eyes off of God, then we take our trust off of him and then we don't obey him because we are so focused over here with the idol and not on God, right? The truth is though that these things are powerless. They were powerless. They are powerless. See, Jesus took back our the power that was ours he took him back from the enemy he gave it to us in the garden when he spoke to adam and eve giving them dominion and of course adam then handed it over to satan but then jesus got it back when he died on the cross went to hell rose again seated at the high heavenly places at the right hand of god and then He, in Acts 1, verse eight, it says, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power from on high. He then gave it to us. And he says that he poured out the Spirit upon all flesh. So all human beings have potential, have this power, this, this ability to overcome in life, okay? So Jesus took back the power. We need to ask ourselves though, today, Do I have an idol? Are there things in this natural world that I'm focusing on that I fear and that I'm orienting my life around? What do you fear? Do you fear the coronavirus? Is it telling you what to do with your life? Because it shouldn't be. It should be God telling you what to do. Is cancer telling you what to do? Is your achy bones and tired body telling you what to do? Um, are you allowing man to tell you what to do? Scientists, doctors, they will speak fact, but we should never let fact trump truth. Amen? Um, it could be anything. You could have it, um, man, beautiful people, superstars, look how beautiful they are, and then you start making decisions based on what they're like and you're trying to become like them. That, then they become an idol, when you orient your life around something, it's an idol, you fear it, and we can't do that. Why, why is that so dangerous? <laughs> We're gonna go back to verse eight in Psalm 115. I'm gonna repeat this. So those that make them are like them, so is everyone who trusts in them. See, these idols, these things of the natural world are powerless, absolutely powerless. But if you trust in them, you become like them, you become powerless. And honestly, truthfully, it's an illusion of powerlessness because Jesus gave us back the power. But you will believe that you are powerless. The powerlessness will seem like a, a leak. The word disease, when, um, in, with the woman with the issue of blood, said that she had a disease of the blood That Greek word for disease actually means to lose or to leak energy and vitality, all right? But for us, it's not literal, it's an illusion, an illusion that we've lost all power. What happens when we're powerless, though, or believe that we're powerless? We get robbed. Okay, now we're going to go to, we're going to jump to John chapter 2. And starting in verse 13, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables." And he said to those who sold doves, "Take these things away, do not make my father 's house a house of merchandise." And we know in other versions of the story he says, "You have made this house a house a den of thieves, and it's supposed to be a house of prayer." All right, so what we need to understand about this story is um, the Jewish people had a tradition of celebrating the Passover, and they would sacrifice an animal and so in this in this scene. Jews from all over the world are coming to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices in the temple. Um, They did this to honor God, to honor their Torah, to honor their rabbis, to honor their parents. This was a very serious thing that they felt they had to do, which, um, which is an old custom. The only thing is that the priests at some point changed the custom a little bit. You couldn't just come in with your animal no matter how perfect you thought it was, you had to actually buy their animals, pre-approved animals, spotless lambs that they've pre-approved. And when you came in to the temple, you had to pay a temple tax. But you couldn't use your money, because your money might have an idol on it, or Caesar, or some other image that they didn't want sitting in the temple. So you had to go to a money changer and get temple money, change your money for temple money which was actually totally normal totally accepted they've been doing it for a while there's no problem there so a Jewish person would come into the to the outer courts this is where this would happen they would go up to a a a merchant wanting to purchase an animal to sacrifice and maybe they would do a trade a merchant would have a scale or they would have with rush rushes which are a type of grass like a long piece of grass and they would use it to measure so they would measure your item and see if it compared with the item you're wanting to trade for, right? And then they would go up to a table, and um, actually the Greek word is the, for table is actually specifically a table for money changers. And the, mer- the money changer would be sitting on a, a seat, and that word for seat in the Greek is literally judgment seat. So the, then the Jews would trade out their money, okay? On this day though, and this is what Jesus saw, was that they weren't just doing even trading. The money changers and the merchants were charging a, an astronomical amount of money, sometimes up to two days' wages for some of these Jewish people. And they were gouging them, they were robbing them. The merchants were using their reeds, their rushes, and basically saying, hmm, not good enough. Work a little harder. You wanna go in that temple? You need to work harder. You need to give me more money. The money changers, same thing, sitting on their seat of judgment, not good enough, work harder to get into the temple. Jesus was appalled. There's one other victim, one other powerless victim. See, the Jewish people were powerless. Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, okay? There's one other victim in this story, which I didn't notice until recently in reading a commentary. Uh, the Gentiles if a Gentile chose to believe in God and said I want to start you know following the practices of the Jewish people they weren't allowed in the temple if they wanted to come to the temple and worship God on Passover they had to do it in the outer courts where all of this is happening the Gentiles are coming to the Jewish people to be taught and to be mentored and the Jewish people are powerless and being robbed when we fear things of this world, and we believe then that, we, that we're powerless, we get robbed. And when we are robbed, we have nothing to offer the unsaved world, who need people in their lives to bring light and to bring hope. But if we're just riddled with fear, we've got nothing for them. Jesus was appalled, angry, but what does he do? He flips the table, flips the chair, takes those rushes and creates a whip. Judges the thieves. The thieves judges when they what they were using to judge the Jewish people, Jesus judged them. Jesus has judged the enemy. He has judged our thief. And he's flipped things around. All right, science. Science scientists have recently discovered a very fascinating flow of electricity. Usually electricity flows one way. When you set a current, it flows one way. Well, they've discovered ferroelectricity, which is the only kind of electricity that can go one way and then be switched to go the other way. Scientists are super excited about this. And the weirdest place they found this ferroelectricity in our blood vessels. And what they're hoping is that they can reverse the way our body responds to foreign invaders. They're hoping it can reverse the way our blood responds to things like cholesterol. Pretty fascinating. What I find even more fascinating is that God wrote inside of us that things can be reversed. Whatever the enemy has started, whatever the enemy is continuing to do, is reversible, reversible. Jesus upturned these tables flipped over these chairs these seats of judgment he flipped over the fear and the judgment and the powerlessness what do we do to participate in this reverse you know what let me say this one more thing the word deliverance when you look at the word deliverance it actually the Greek words say current and flow all right the woman with the issue of blood She had a leak of her power and her energy and jesus turned her disease into deliverance he reversed the flow now maybe you're out there and you're saying holy cow i've been fearing an idol i've been fearing things of this natural world and have been feeling powerless what do i do number one repent and make Jesus the Lord of your life. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how long it's been since you've said that prayer. Maybe you need to do it again. I am sorry, God, that I have made these things the Lord of my life. I've been letting these things tell me what to do. I want you to tell me what to do. I want you to be my boss. I wanna know what the word of God says. Number two, when you've repented and make Jesus your Lord of your life and you realize that you've been empowered, you go through your house, go through your heart, go through your world, your, uh, your little bubble, and you drive out the enemy. You find the things that are stealing from you, this belief of power empowerment, and you drive them out. Maybe that's stopping certain television shows, radio programs. Maybe you're maybe you gotta distance yourselves from certain people. And maybe when people come in and they they talk a certain way, your family talks a certain way that's that's fearful, you end the conversation. You correct them, you drive out the thief. In the Greek, when Jesus drove out the thieves the merchants and the money changers that word means to throw without care of where it goes you got to be passionate you got to be bold and you got to be serious you're going to get rid of these things number three you need to dedicate your temple your house to prayer and to the word of god what does the word of god say it needs to be every single day you have got to wash away the illusion. Of powerlessness. You've got to replace your fear of the things of this world with the fear of God. And oh my goodness, what is the fear of God? It is awe and wonder and amazement of how amazing and mighty our God is. And when we fear God, we're not backed into a corner, we're not going to get robbed, we're going to be empowered. And he, he's going to set us free. We're going to be free. When we fear the things of this world, we get into bondage. When we fear God, we are free. Oh my God. He is a wonderful, wonderful God. And nothing compares to him. One more question. What pleases God? We're going to go back to one, Psalm 115. In verse 3. But our God is in heaven, and he does whatever he pleases. So what pleases God? Let's jump to uh, verse 11. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield. The Lord has been mindful of you. He is listening. He sees you. He knows you. He will bless you. He will bless your house, O oh Israel. He will bless your house, O oh Aaron. He will bless your house, O oh people. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase. Did you know that it pleases God to increase you more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men it pleased god to give earth to us to give it to us for us to rule and reign we've got to take this seriously this is our job this is our responsibility we need to rise up rise up in our power and our authority and take care of things <laughs> all right verse 17 the dead do not praise the lord nor any who go down into silence If you've let these idols, you've let these things of the natural world silence you, keeping you from speaking your faith or keeping you from uh, getting into your prayer closet or or getting out there and speaking the gospel, if if you're letting these things keep you from being obedient to God, you are not giving glory to God. Verse one says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name be glory. Some people would see this message of, of empowerment, and authority as a message that takes away from God, focus on God and puts the focus on us. (sighs) Nothing could be further from the truth. When we are empowered and we're healing the sick and raising the dead, God is gonna get the glory. Not those who are silent, who just stay in their prayer closet, who just stay home and do whatever the media is telling them to do. Those who obey God, give glory to God. I am going to make a declaration today, verse 18, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth to forevermore. I declare that those of you guys who are listening are hearing this message and the messages that have been spoken so far, and you are realizing what you've done, repenting, turning things around, and you are going to stand up, rise up, and you're going to bless God the way he deserves to be blessed. With the people that rise up and go out and affect the world oh father i just pray for everyone that listened that took the time to listen to this father and i pray for all those that they're going to influence lord god and from generation to generation lord god that things have started to change in their lives that there is a revelation lord god they want to see you pleased they want to see you blessed They don't wanna give glory anymore to any of the things of this world, corona, cancer, rioting, anger. We're gonna set that aside. We're gonna give you glory, God. I thank you, Father, things are changing. If you have never ever asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, this is your first time, let's do it right now, right here. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That he died on the cross he rose again and he is alive today jesus come into my heart clean me out forgive me of all my sins make me who you've made me to be jesus help me to be more like you in jesus name Make sure you go online. If you've said that prayer for the first time, go online and fill out the form. Get that information to us and we're gonna be praying for you and we're here for you. If you don't have a church and you're in the area, come on, July 5th, we're having our first service in house. Until then, stay online and keep watching and keep being lifted up. I love you guys so much. You have no idea. You guys have a great day we <laughs>